0: You didn't
1: point me in. You always point to me. God. When you good, see you, you start talking. Oh, good morning and welcome to your daily game face. You're a terrible producer. Ugh. That's a
0: horrible thing to say. <laughs> My self identity.
1: But you know that I don't really mean it. But yeah. that was a bad cue. Good morning and welcome to your daily game face. You have
0: you right in front of you. When you see you, you start but talking. You
1: always, for three and a half years, you point at me. Okay. And you didn't point. I'm looking right at you, waiting. <laughs> God. Killed the beginning of my show. Let's start over. Good morning and welcome to your daily game face. I can I'm start over. Dr. You want to start Kim. over?
0: I'll play the music. I'll put the slate up. We can start right over.
1: You just interrupted me. Yep. There's a pet peeve okay. again.
0: Okay, I'm sorry. Right off
1: the top, interrupting. Um, I am not introducing you because you just interrupted me. So I'm Dr. Kim Lannan. I hope everyone actually heard that. I think people who are listening know that that's actually me. Yep. Hi, John. John's already here. <laughs> Get her Lou. <laughs> yep that's what i need
0: john and i are forming a bond i, I don't know if you know that
1: i understand well yeah. that's great <laughs> i won't let you guys get together what does he say now lou now look at her. okay so anyway good morning good morning <laughs> it's freezing in here as usual it's beautiful outside today after the long no it's cold out. it is not cold out okay it is 50. And sunny. It's 50. Yes. It's not 50 out, is it? It, it? Oh my God.
0: When I left, it was 29. So.
1: That's because you live on the ocean.
0: It's true.
1: <laughs> With a whipping wind coming across the beach. Geez. I mean, not all of us can live on the ocean. Just saying. Oh, nice. did you know that I have someone that listens and tells me they can always hear my ice because they don't actually watch? Yeah. And I just didn't, I heard it now. So I, because yeah. I have these stupid headphones on.
0: Yeah, we have mics. They're open mics.
1: It's Thank all right. You.
0: People drink. People drink. have drinks. People, <laughs> I don't know. How do I express that?
1: <laughs> well, I'm drinking coffee. Let's yeah. get that clear.
0: Yep.
1: Um, so I have lots of kind of, you know, non sequiturs today <laughs> to talk about, but they're good. And then I have a topic.
0: Oh, a topic.
1: Well, yes. Okay. If we get to it, because, you know, the pet peeve will interfere, which is you interrupting me, me getting distracted and we'll run amok. Okay. But the first one is that, Because of last week, Um, well, not because of last week, but we talked so much about my foot last week. Yeah. Had great interest in my, people had great interest in my life and fixing my foot. Um, Nonetheless, I have been through two pairs of shoes new since last week. And the first pair came in and it was way too big. Mm -hmm. So I walked around in it and had to send it back because it was way too big. So I got the second pair, same brand. And I think we have a winner. But I don't want to say that because I don't know. If that you know, I haven't run long on it, but I did run on it for the first time last night. I didn't have any foot pain. Nice. I know. Right. How much
0: did you put on it last night?
1: Um, only five miles.
0: It should be enough, shouldn't it?
1: No. No. Because usually my sweet spot now is ten. I see. So, but, but the shoe I'm wearing them now because I'm trying to break them in. But they're a fabulous brand, even if they don't work out because they're very comfortable and they were recommended. Um, highly on the internet, but also by people who have the same exact issue that I have.
0: Really? So yes. it's specific to your condition.
1: It's specific to my condition. Mm. And I called all around last week to different places. So are there
0: Facebook groups for this condition? <laughs> <laughs> You're
1: just hanging out with people? Oh my God. <laughs> really? Well, I don't know. It sounded like you were in a group of people. Good morning, Mary. You found some Mary shared gets, experience. Mary gets me. Mary. Really Mary, gets me. Mary gets me. She totally understands my plate with you. <laughs>
0: not a plight. I have a plight. Mary,
1: I have a plight with Lou. I
0: think that's an unfair characterization.
1: Okay. So can I finish my story? Yes. Okay. So no, there's no Facebook group that I know of, but maybe I could create one, but there is a significant amount of people that have enough of this issue that this shoe is uh, like, it's unheard of that this shoe actually they advertise it you do not actually have to break it in like other shoes i see and you know how like you don't ever just start and pick up another shoe three weeks before a marathon like i'm doing currently um because that would be bad and you just kind of stick with what you got and suffer like i did last year but you know i threw in the towel and said well we'll see and so i went and jumped on into it and um i can't read it
0: and yes you do you do have a plate (laughs) with me apparently I love Mary.
1: <laughs> um, and, uh, and, uh, the shoe is advertised for specifically, like you don't have to break it in. It's going to give you what you need around this navicular bone issue and the flat foot issue and the plantar fascia, it, like all the little things that go with the thing that I have. So I don't want to get too excited about it, but last night was really good because I kept waiting for, <laughs> it was like, is it there? And then I had that phantom pain, like, was it really there? And it wasn't, yeah. you know, and I'm like anticipating that it was there, anticipating my foot rolling in and over pronating. I was, you know, all the things. So what I've decided though, I have renegotiated my plan on my running. So instead of killing myself by running overkill next week or three weeks from now. Oh my God i'm a little ahead of myself <laughs> Ooh, i just shortened up my time um but three weeks from now what i've decided i'm going to do officially is i am going to just run walk i have i've decided i'm going to pace it out run walk it so that i'm not overtaxing the foot because i'd really like to just finish and not be dying like i was last year which yeah. was so bad and then it took me four weeks well it took me actually longer than that to recover because it was so painful but i'm i'm just going to do that and one of the reasons why i didn't talk about that before is although I have a fantastic running community and running community is really good in general. There's a lot of people that frown upon the run walkers and it's very judgmental on occasion. Wow. Um, And so you kind of keep it to yourself. Um, But I'm not keeping it to myself because I'd rather be able to finish and not be injured to the point of can't walk. And so I'm just going to do that. So, because people, when you're out on the course, a lot of times people are, they'll come running by you and be like, Keep going as if you're not going forward, right? Like as if you stopped because you're walking. It's like I'm I'm doing the plan. Yep. So so last year when I was walking the last 11 miles. So just I, random I gotta,
0: running by oh, and yeah. keep going.
1: Yeah. Well, people do that anyways, which is good because that's what you do. You you cheer people on. And you know, especially when yeah. you're going up the hills, especially Heartbreak Hill, people are saying, like, keep going. And we all do it. But there's a tone change from the keep going, we're supporting you. You're doing great to Oh, yeah, you're walking, you know, so I I don't need anyone's pity. I'm walking by choice, (laughs) because I'm, you know, the goal isn't to win. There's 30,000 runners, and I'm not going to win. But I'm not going to win in the way that, you know, the $150,000, I'm going to win in my way, which is, I'm going to complete it, I'm going to be hopefully non injured, I'm going to have fun, which is number one thing always. And, you know, and I've just made the commitments that this is how I'm going to do it. Despite the fact that I'm going to get the, oh, you're walking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's my mantra at the gym. Now I'm not going to hurt myself. Right. Yeah.
1: What's, what's the point? Oh, yeah. If I get a $150,000 paycheck at the end of it, I might push a little harder.
0: Oh, of course. Yeah. But
1: I'm not. <laughs> I'd have to shave okay. off four hours of my time to do that. And I just don't have it in me <laughs> nor do I have the wherewithal to train for that at this juncture in my life. So, um, but did you know and so i was looking this up yesterday cuz i was doing all my planning that the a marathon for a person my age which i won't tell you how old i am but the marathon 29x 29 27
0: oh 27 yes and 27z but,
1: oh. <laughs> um but the marathon record for a person my age is Two hours and twenty-two minutes. Oh my God! I looked at that, but and so, but eighty percent of people in my age group finish around the time that I do. So I'm feeling fine.
0: <laughs> yep, you're right in the group.
1: I'm right in the right spot. Eighty percent. So you know, I I'm fine with that. But if it's
0: I, a, it's a personal competition, right? Right.
1: It's not. Yeah, exactly. It's not. Yeah. But it's because that whole thing about we well, can't escape that there's judges and there's people out there thinking about like what we're doing and they have comments, not a lot of people, but there's always people who comment.
0: Well, let me give and you a I mental have, hygiene I have, tip. I
1: have exceptional resiliency mm. to comments. Cause I grew up yeah. in a sport where I got criticized 50 times a day. <laughs> so I'm really <laughs> resilient to that stuff, but it is, it, it's an adjutant because it doesn't help when it's like it, people just do it. Like when you're out on the course and it's, yeah. a, it's annoying. So you know, you want to encourage someone, great. But, you know, if you see someone walking, it does not mean that they're dying and falling apart. It means that they're walking for a purpose, usually.
0: Let me give you an amateur, an amateur. mental hygiene okay. tip. Okay, yes. Screw them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I do have that in my head, but I wasn't going to say that out loud. Yeah. Well, I have a lot of other things that go through my head. Remember that meme I sent you last night? Yes. That is in my head, which I won't share because it's inappropriate. Well, there are probably
0: a lot of great professional terms, but it all boils down to screw them. <laughs> Pretty much?
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it does it. I can say that it doesn't get into my mental toughness area. It, yeah. it does not deter me, but it annoys me. Yeah. So some people would say, well, then it means it, it bothers you. No, it just annoys me because it's like, just shut up. I don't I didn't ask. It's like my sign in my kitchen. Your opinion not is not required in this recipe.
0: <laughs> Maybe we should adjust your t shirt for the run. Don't speak <laughs> something to me. on your back end. Yeah, don't talk to me. <laughs> don't
1: talk to me. <laughs> I'm, or I'm walking on purpose. Yeah. Right. It's so funny, too, that you have to
0: go uh, ahead try it. Talk to me.
1: (laughs) I do actually have a shirt somewhere that says, oh, God, oh, don't underestimate me (laughs) that I had food that someone gave me for Christmas one year. I did wear it at Christmas. It was like, go ahead, don't uh, underestimate me. It's really funny. Um, But hey, that's a good idea. I do have someone that does a lot of embroidering. I can just have it say, like, do not do not judge me for walking.
0: (laughs) walk runner
1: exactly designated
0: walk runner Runner.
1: i know you know i am i'm putting i'm gonna write it down the back of my legs there you go i'm in sharpie
0: yep i'm (laughs) okay
1: i'm okay don't ask
0: (laughs) i'm not quitting
1: oh wow oh my god you just the best segue you did that on purpose didn't you pro oh you are so good so i take it back you're not the worst producer in the world (laughs) thank you you're welcome lou so lou knew that the topic today is about quitting Wow, that fell on flat for you. I'm trying not to interrupt. Got That's me. a first.
0: I know. <laughs> Working on it. Um, you say I interrupt. Mary says I'm a I'm a I don't forget what the term was we use.
1: Um, you're the plate.
0: A plate. You're yes, my plate. She didn't plight. use
1: the term. She just agreed with me. Right. So, <laughs> um, so but today I am talking about that. But but I have other updates first. Okay. So, my foot, knock on wood, 3 weeks to go is okay today we don't have to ice and you know do all the other things Uh, plus i'm also doing lots of pt and doing other things but you know so i'm I'm working it
0: and we've decided we're not going to injure ourselves
1: (sighs) yeah Yeah. right we're not going to overkill it to try to do some crazy time because that's you know with an injured foot like this i'm like this is ridiculous i'm just gonna get to the end um so people have asked me and i didn't i don't know if i I even updated this last week because the show got on such a roll and there were so many people talking and all these comments but um People have been asking me about mush. Yeah. And mush, knock on wood, I've got FOMO around me, (laughs) knock on something, um, is doing great, except for the fact that he started throwing up. And we're like, oh no. And he was throwing up these really strange green and blue pieces of like long. Plasticy, metally metal-y looking stuff. And I'm like, what is he into? And oh my God, and he's dying and we've spent all this money and yeah. he's, you know, whatever. Well, you know, and I had to kick myself going, of course, you know, we go and get him all fixed and he's doing great. And then I had a fundraiser thing this weekend that had, it was very windy if you were live here. It was very windy and I had mm-hmm. to keep the tablecloth of the thing down because it was outside. Yep. And I used those balloon weights and the balloon weights had these cellophane metal plastic shooting stars coming out of the top of them. Oh, God. Yeah. And um, I brought them back in the house, and I left them in the box in the middle of my office. And he has had a field day chewing on them and eating them <laughs> and throwing them up all over the house. Why
0: does that look like food to them?
1: I don't well, So I can actually answer this. It's not that it looks like food. It's because there's a chemical in the plastic. It's like cats lick plastic bags. It's a very bizarre concept, but there's an actual chemical in the, in the bags that they're attracted to. That's probably my guess in that same thing. Mm -hmm. And it's shiny and fun and who knows? And it's fluffy. Like he likes eating, you know, like baby's breath, which I have to throw away when I get it because he eats it and throws it up. But Yep. So here we are. We fixed him. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to kill him on, yeah, <laughs> on, this, right. on this stupid balloon thing. So they're no longer at his
0: reach. No, you need a return on your investment. That cat has to live a little while.
1: Uh, well, I, <laughs> I well we say to him daily, do not die. There's no dying today. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Um, he needs at least, he, I need a good five years out of him.
0: Five years. Yeah. Okay. At
1: least I have to.
0: That's the way I make... think about my cars. <laughs>
1: didn't you just get although him? my
0: car probably cost less than his treatment
1: um yeah i think it did true on this one on yeah. this round well actually not to go into how much but i went into the portal the other day to schedule his follow-up appointment and it lists out for me beautifully how much money i've spent since i got him
0: they shouldn't do that
1: and i almost threw up they like do he that. does why I was like, oh, wow, that made it real. Why would they do that? Like it was ethereal when I was just saying it out loud. It's funny. You know, "Ah, that's how much I spent. Yep. Nope. I really did spend that. And I just want to it because I could have bought, you know,
0: a house. (laughs) Trying to to attract new business. They shouldn't be doing that.
1: I know. I know. Well, anyway, so I just wanted to update that Mush is doing fantastic. And so he's gained all his weight back and he looks great and he's happy and he's happy. So right now, yay. All
0: right. All right. So my foot more years to go, four and a half more years to go.
1: <sighs> Thanks. So <laughs> so he, so anyway, so we got mush down, foot is eh, we'll just give it a 50-50. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs>
1: That's better than last week, which was zero. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't going anywhere. Um, and so now, now we're gonna talk about quitting. And the reason why I thought today's show should be on quitting and is because there's a couple things that have come up. One out of my show last week, people were talking to me afterwards about why don't you just quit? Oh, that, so I have lots of things that go with that. But also um, there's, there's some theories out there from the pandemic time that have come out about Gen Zers. Here we go with the Gen Zers are going to get targeted today yep. um there's called there's a theory called quiet quitting yep. so i'm going to talk have you heard about that yes oh oh i love that mm-hmm. i didn't know you, oh see i can never stump you you always are so smart
0: i didn't Don't start get with it, gen z or something no i oh i know but yeah. it's
1: the phenomenon has become exponentially greater because of the pandemic but and the gen zers are taking greater advantage of it because mm-hmm. of the pandemic and i So anyways, I I did a deep dive into the the theories of quitting because so many people last week were talking to me about the mental aspects of, of just giving up and quitting and why not just quit and why does it have to be such a big deal and it's easier just, it's easier, I heard that a lot, it's easier just to quit. Um, well first of all it's not in my constitution to quit <laughs> so there's there, there's one thing so um and what makes me different than maybe someone who would quit you know so there's lots of different factors theoretically that go into people who decide to just give up and quit versus not but most of the time it comes down to like a mental toughness uh, mental attitude uh resiliency in growing up here. It's not something you learn in your adulthood it's right. something it's, you're not born with it it's not something that you're born with it's something that you learn and get modeled to you. Or in my case, sometimes had it, you know, told that I wasn't quitting, so I couldn't quit. So I didn't have a choice. You yeah. know, there's that. Um, but so all those factors together bring that to a place where you just don't quit. But the, th- the theory of um, quiet quitting that you can read about all over the internet, I mean, I couldn't believe how many articles have been written on it. Um, but quiet quitting is basically, you know, people giving up, but beyond just giving up, it's like they have such dissatisfaction because they think that they think they deserve more. They they're entitled to more, Um, you know, their job description. So say you and I have our job description, and we do our job, but then we don't get paid more than, you know, someone right. else who's doing an extra thing, because that's not our job description, but we want what they have. So we complain and we feel like we should be getting that. So we do less and sort of tap out and not do our job as well as anything extra because we feel that we're not getting right. what we deserve mm-hmm. es- essentially i mean there's more to the definition but but um but the quiet quitting why they call it quiet is because people are able to hide right now behind the hybrid version of working so much and 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 you know i saw an interesting thing yesterday like how a lot of companies now are putting in these measures and these software pieces into computers and and mice and all, and, you know, and your phones that belong to the company to watch like how many keystrokes you're taking and how many, you know, they're watching if you're actually on screen, if you're not, and how much you're doing because yeah. people are getting away with doing less for the same amount of money, but yet they're coming back and complaining that they're not making enough while they're being caught, which that's a whole nother yeah. I have an ethical issue with that. Like, you know, I mean, you hire someone, you you have to be on good faith that they're doing it and you can't put in those things. We should talk about that, too. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's a social, social psych experiment on, like, you know, that's a sort of breach of privacy. But, I mean, they do yeah. it in companies anyway. They've done it for years. I used to work in a company that they watched and monitored all the time what we were doing. And that was 20 years ago, you know, 25 years ago.
0: Honestly. Those are companies, oftentimes they want the work as opposed to they want the time more than the work. In right. other words, you've got an employee that can get a job done in five hours in right. a day. And they say, why aren't you working for your eight? Right. Well, I got it. I got, I got it all done. done. Yeah.
1: Right. And and I think that happens. I think that happens a lot. But I don't see that as much because I have a lot of Gen Z clients right? right now who do this other thing, who feel that they are underpaid for what they do and they're not appreciated and accoladed enough. And merited enough for the things that they've done, and we're talking people who have only been working for three, six, eight, ten months a year. Know, yeah, you know, and and that the, um, you know that, you know, you're even in like your basic service industry jobs. I hear you know, like I go out to dinner and I hear you know people, you know, unfortunately they talk so, and they're talking about it. And you can hear them in earshot, like, you know, I'm not paid to run that table, or I'm not paid to, you know have to do, clean that table off or, you know, all those kinds of things. You're like, it, you work in a service industry and it's a restaurant, you're, you're yeah. here, you know, I mean, you may not be able to be the bartender, but you certainly are doing this job. So, it, you know, it's that, it's that attitude of I, if I'm not paid for it, I'm not doing it. Um, and it's part of the quiet quitting piece is just the person just kind of folds in and it's kind of a passive aggressive um, tactic that, you know, I'm going to just do the bare minimum, if anything, and still get paid for it until I find something that I'm, I'm rewarded for, for my worth. And did it's a, you, it's a very distorted thought process.
0: Did you run into malicious compliance in any of those articles? Um, that's a new thing now too.
1: I, I think I, I'm, I, I mean, I know the concept, but I'm trying to remember if I did in the last read yeah. of this week. Um,
0: well, I think one of the, differences... yeah, I think I
1: am just thinking about like, well, yes, I mean, I don't think it was called that and but I'm going through some of the articles I've yeah. read and certainly malicious compliance is, is sprinkled throughout everything. Yeah. you
0: know. One of the things about this generation, is a little different, I think, or if we're going to talk about Gen Z or, or whatever, I think it's getting harder and harder for people to identify with their work and it's h- hard to identify with a service job, but people do it. I mean, you go out to do a job in our generation it's like you go out to do a, to a job that's your responsibility to do right. the job right right
1: well yeah and so i think But i don't
0: think people buy into that as much anymore
1: well i and i you're right and that's why i agree with you when you said it's not just a gen z it's we have a couple we have a couple of generations that have sort of trickled off on that because it's there's that i i go back to just the the psychology of of you know development and developmental raising of what is the expectation and are you required to do certain things and are you given appropriate uh, um, consequences for doing or not doing and appropriate praise for doing and not doing so that you're, you've got a nice balance so that you have incentive to work um, or do the thing, you know, whether it's schoolwork, a job, chores in the house, it starts back in the, in the childhood stages where that is. And when, you know, children don't, have the high task requirement and also high praise in terms of when they do it. And it's always, Oh, well, they didn't do it. And I don't want to deal with the fight. So I'm just going to let it go. That pattern raises the, um, child to become, you know, defiant, maliciously compliant, passive aggressive in their teenage years and so on and so forth. So you have that going into adulthood and it's very hard to, um, have people who can keep their job and not do job jumping. So I have a whole bunch of clients right now that are in, and you know, I have a ton of clients and I have a whole bunch of Gen Zers that have jumped jobs in the past two years, a lot yeah. because of this reason, they're just like, I'm not, I'm not valued. And we have the constant conversation of, well, what is valued mean? And how do you feel valued? And can you do an internal val of yourself instead of it being like, you always need the external same topic. We always talk about external validation, constantly reinforcing you to have to feel good enough about yourself. And that these days, and, and the people I'm talking about comes in the form of money. Yeah. Like if I'm not compensated for blah, blah, blah. Right. And so, you know, now you've got jobs that used to be $10 an hour getting $22 an hour and people complaining that it's not enough money, yeah. but you're like, wait, what? Yeah. I mean, that's a job that's worth 10 bucks an hour. It's tough for us. You yeah. know, I'm like, what are you talking about? You're making about?
0: 18 an hour doing what? Exactly. Yeah.
1: And and then complaining about that. It's not enough or yeah. complaining about all the taxes that could take an <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah.
1: I'm like, yeah, that's true. So, um, but, so I think that, uh,
0: but Gen Z, I mean, baby boom is quiet quit for decades. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's again, it didn't but originate nobody, with but nobody, these generations. Right. Nobody yeah. talked
1: about it. It's just so, flagrant right now yeah and I think the pandemic accentuated it but go go back to what you're saying because about the baby boomers
0: what you just touched upon baby boomers quiet quit and some of them did it for 20 30 years right basically quiet quit right but it's what you just talked about the job jumping baby boomers didn't job jump right they kept the jobs and went because you know at a certain point you have bills you get get paid bills and you know most corporations and those types of jobs you just work your way up the ladder just by being there
1: Well, and I think, too, and and I don't know if it's as much in your business, but in terms of, like, the group of people I see, the baby boom generation that I still have, they didn't leave their jobs because the fear of their aging out was there, where I think that's changed a lot because of the, you know, laws around, you know people having to guess i mean if you look older you're certainly going to be targeted more i think because of just the the bias and, yep. the, and the confirmation bias of well you know you might be 40 but you look like you're 75 so we're going to age you out which is obviously illegal but you know but they don't do that quite in the same way so people are job jumping i have more people job jumping right now in their 50s yep. than ever before well the like,
0: pandemic contributed to that right but, but yeah well
1: yes but even before the pandemic, yeah. I had people jumping and, and changing careers because I so I teach uh, in a you know graduate level program for college. Right. And I have the average. So the the age range of my students are 19, 20, all the way up to 70 ish, depending on the year in the class. Yeah. And most of the time it's the average age is 40 and they're all changing jobs and careers. They're coming out of high tech or they're coming out of something else medical, or they're coming out of, and they're going into this other field. That's a huge pay cut by the way, because they're going into something that's unless they regrow their career and have time and go up the ladder in terms of degrees and, yep. and ability they're getting, you know, I have, I have people that were making three, $400,000 a year that are going down to $60,000 a year, knowing that they're, but they'd rather have this job because it's a service job and helping people rather than making the money. So that's a whole nother thing, right? But they're not quitting and leaving because they're dissatisfied per se. And like quiet quitting, they're just leaving because they are dissatisfied with where they've gotten and they're ready to change for whatever reason. they feel like they can give back in a different way. I'm sure there's some other spatterings in there as well, but it's just amazing to me how,
0: well, they've accomplished it's changed. Uh, a lot of people have accomplished yeah. what they set out to accomplish yes. what they paid the sacrifice for right. the sacrifice for was to keep a roof over the head uh, get their kids get the through kids to college right acc- accumulate some retirement assets yeah and then once they've done that it's like why am I doing this in my 50s I got I got a few good years left why don't I do something I'd like instead
1: You're putting us in the ground
0: no no I'm not <laughs> I, know. I know but that's the attitude right right oh gosh yeah I can't do this for now I'm, I'm I'm just tired. I don't want to do this anymore. I'd rather go do something I enjoy. I got got everything accomplished. Kind of a second life. Women always had that second life period and men had the midlife crisis because they had to keep working.
1: Well, so, so But
0: men are looking for that second life now too.
1: So, and I think, so I think that always, because I, I do the developmental piece and what I teach is that men and women have both, sought out midlife crises kind of things but in different ways because of what they you know if it was a the traditional stay-at-home mom versus the working mom versus the dad who you know now now everyone's working but i think there's so many people now doing midlife crises at at like late 30s early 40s instead of you know 45 55 or 60
0: well for women their self-identity burned down right they're mothers right for the most part and then the kids go to college and then they move out. And it's like, well, what am I going to do with my life now for men? It's you keep working. Right.
1: right? And, and I think, unless of course you are, you know, in the, in the other conditions, but there, I don't have as many women who are stay at home moms as I did years and years ago, like now, you know, 27 years of doing this. I have many more, I think majority of the women I see are all working and have been working in high, high, high tech careers or higher careers with even making more than their husbands, more hours than their husbands and so on and so forth. Um, So there's been a shift in that and trend, but I think that the midlife crisis piece comes in and there is a tiredness and there is a wanting to quit um, or change. Um, I don't know if they would call it quitting, but changing at least. I don't think it is quitting. Well, it's not not quitting if you're jumping over and and changing to a different career. I think that um, there is, there's, Less of that in, I think, professional settings, because certainly the people I see are either just transitioning into something new, or they're lo- like making lateral moves, yep. or they're looking for the same job just in a different company with a you know a, def- a different package or a different perk package because there's that piece to it that they're not being valued enough. I think so,
0: there's less retirement. I, I don't know how many people are actually retiring anymore. You know, you just kind of. Yeah, I don't know your... that. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I'd have to look up the stats on yeah. that. I mean, certainly, I know the Florida area and Tampa during the pandemic got a lot of retirement people. <laughs> wow,
0: well, again, pandemic. I mean, such, there was a big yeah.
1: billboard when you came into Tampa and said, basically, please don't come here. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It, oh really? Oh yeah, right outside yeah. the airport. It was like it was like we're full. Go we're full. go away. <laughs> don't come here. <laughs> I mean, it literally said almost like those exact words. I can't remember exactly, but it was yeah. like, oh, okay, I won't be coming here. Well, you don't
0: need to miss Tampa. There are plenty of other places in Florida. <laughs> right,
1: exactly. Yeah, but yeah. it was like, well, Tampa was a draw because everyone yeah. was flocking from the East Coast over the West Coast, right? Or or from North to South.
0: But there's less people who are just, just retiring out of their jobs and sitting home and you know sitting on the porch and not doing anything, watching game shows. No one's doing that anymore. They, they try to keep active somehow. Um, even if it's as Joseph points out, even if it's volunteering or something, they just.
1: So now interesting, by the way. Hi, Joe. I hope, I hope Joe's feeling better. Joe's been a little under the weather. So hopefully Joe's feeling better. Um, so the volunteering thing is, is an interesting aspect and I'm going to tie in a couple things here. So volunteering is super important. You know, I'm a volunteer. I love volunteering. Like i I mean, other than having to make money, I'd rather volunteer. <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, yeah. because I love, I love doing charity things. I loved helping animals, <laughs> and I, because and, I already help people, so it's like yeah. my volunteer stuff is often around like animals and animals and people together. Um, so, and then of course, New England Patriots, right? So, but the volunteerism concept is so important because so many people don't volunteer because they're not getting paid. And so again, it's like a certain mental constitution of someone that likes to do volunteering versus someone who's like, I'm not doing that because I'm not getting paid. So one of the biggest criticisms that came out, I'm going to throw back a couple of years now to when Tiger King came out with with, um, Big Cat Rescue and Crazy Lunatic Joe Aldonado.
0: He's running for president, by the way. Did you see that?
1: What? Oh, my God. Stop. I did not see. When did, the... oh, forget it. I, I just I, can't.
0: I saw a headline a few days ago.
1: <sighs> okay. Well, yeah. good for him. He's batshit crazy, but that's not a clinical term. But, you know, on this show today, it is. He's just also so not a
0: disqualifier for the position. <laughs> well,
1: there's another good point. <laughs> hey, two really good points. All right. So that was good, Luke. Yeah. Um, you redeemed yourself as a great producer today
0: no longer a plight
1: well i didn't say that yeah. you're still my plate um but when we throw back to that time and that whole the tiger king one of the biggest criticisms was because they highlighted so much on you know volunteers at big cat rescue getting you know they they paint it in a light that you know they were worked to the bone and and I can say we 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 are worked to the bone and we don't get compensated and we don't do this yeah. and and it's just you know and the animals are kept in a two by two like all bullshit yeah right um, but one of the things that was so important and I talked about it way back in the beginning of my shows was that volunteerism you you're volunteering that the whole thing is. You, you have the right to say no I don't want to do that thing um, you're not you're not getting paid so you can say I can't come in that day um, if it's a requirement to be there for 12 hours a week or 12 hours a month you figure it out like that's anywhere it's not just there so when it's when it's highlighted that volunteering is you know all oh, this thing that you don't get paid for and why would anyone do that well because it's it's altruistic for the most part. You're doing it to help somebody or something, and you get a payback for the good it does. And you know, and then it gets into the debate of is there really true altruism? Because you know, you always get something back for it, no. but it's it's about no. being a good person and it's about being kind and compassionate and giving back some of the things that you have. It's also a way to um give yourself your own self-fulfillment when you're it's not a job or anything else and doing something like that. If you work at an animal rescue or you work at a homeless shelter or you work for veterans and uh, you set up, you know, clothing lines and all these things that happen, you're giving of yourself to help someone else or something else in a a cause bigger than you so that it gives you a sense of good. And it still falls down to that, but I'm not getting paid. I hear this all the time because I'll tell people like, well, you should get a volunteer position because kids now, Well, not now, but at least for the past 15 years, you have to have service hours to graduate high school. And I do this with kids every year. You have to have, you know, X amount of hours to be able to graduate. I start setting them up. You know, there's great sites online for doing this. And for the most part, I get a lot of a lot of kids love doing it. But a lot of kids are just like, but I'm not getting paid for it. I'm like, that's because it's volunteering and they only want to do the bare minimum. And I'm like, this makes you a better person. And it takes a lot of convincing yeah. s- to some to say, like, you don't, payment doesn't have to be in the form of money. It has to do with your value of yourself, feeling good about yourself because you help something out.
0: That's it. That's about finding value other than monetary.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think, so there's, it comes back around to whichever generation we want to talk about. It just happens to be that I start out with Gen Zers is that it, money is such a big I'm not doing it if you don't pay me, which is, you know, that incentivizing of going back to, I'll pay you to clean your room. I always tell parents, stop paying your kids to clean their room. That should be a basic skill. You know, garbage being taken out, basic skill, you know, A's getting $10 an A. No, we're not rewarding it like that because what is it doing? It's setting up this expectation that for everything good we do, we should be paid for it instead of it coming from I'm doing it because I'm kind, compassionate, loving, motivated. Um, and if something good comes back to me, great. If something doesn't, I did it for a greater reason anyway. So it right. doesn't matter. Um, and I get this question all the time. Like, why do you, why do you always run for charity? Um, and now I get people who are like, well, cause she can't qualify. Well, <laughs> there's the naysayers, right? Yeah. No, I, well, if I train, if I train and could take, my job off right and completely just train like an elite athlete all the time I'd qualify. And I know that because I have my gymnastics background and how I train and who I am, but I can't do that. So I run for charity because one, I love the running for charity, but also because I get my bib, I get the experience of my community, my tribe, essentially, like all these good people and all these good things that give back to, and that's so much better like when I'm out there running, I'm not just running to get the medal. I'm running because I'm excited about the fact that I know that like all the money that I've raised personally, I see every may go to some specific charity right in front of me, awarded in front of me. And I see that what it does for them. And that's amazing. So what, but people don't have all that experience, especially young people, because if they haven't been exposed to it, they don't have a clue that that's, there. It's, it's, that's why I think all people should take their kids to homeless shelters or soup kitchens and have them hand out clothes and hand out, you know, um, food and, and, you know, do a Christmas Eve, like church, church, just do it all the time, wherever you belong, get your kids involved in that because it gives them a great setup for life and community and moving forward. So there isn't as much of a quit attitude because I'm not getting the value, the best bang for my buck. So I'm not going to do it. And it's such a poor, Neuroplasticity-wise, right, our neuro, neurological pathways. When you volunteer, when you do something that makes others feel good, when you have kindness and all of those things that make it your dopamine, your neurotransmitter, your dopamine, your serotonin, your anxiety one, your GABA, your nortriptyline, your acetylcholine—all the things that make you move and motivate—not—they and all, all get charged up, and. It's like exercise, but it's like exercise for your brain because you're getting that feel good. And oxytocin, you know, like the chemical that women produce, when right? it gives you this high of yep. this feels amazing. Right. So it's like but you have to be able to provide that. And a lot of people, unfortunately, in in my field, and that's maybe because I'm self-selected into people that have some of that stuff that already is not there. I feel, and it's, I see it in other people too, that are in like my personal life that they just don't have that motivation to do that because there's something that is it's like the puzzle piece is missing. I don't know if you find that, but it's just, it's like, ah, I quit. I, I'm not going to do it.
0: Well, yeah, because they're not getting that, that kind of reply. And you just identified what is the second biggest motivator behind money for a lot of people is ego. Right. Because the people who are in the naysayers about you qualifying and not qualifying are like, they get an ego boost from qualifying. Right. And they get some of that payoff that you're talking about in terms of your personal and, and body regulation. Right. They get some of that payoff through that.
1: And, and that's and there's nothing wrong with that. But they have to realize that there's other ways of, that there's other ways that people get that. And yeah. that it's not just in that, you know, and that that's the charity teams, for instance, that I run for. for you
0: draw it from the charity teams and you draw it from getting the medal at the end. Well, right. Finishing and getting. So the medal I the
1: right. And that's so yeah. we have a we have a shirt and paraphernalia that they, you know, you know, merch that we all have for charity teams and it, that all says overqualified. And, and Susan Hurley, who's the, the president of charity teams and runs charity teams hurt. That's her term because we all have full-time jobs. We all do full-time fundraising and none of us do less than $10,000 per charity. Some of us do 15, 20, which, you know, and then we also train for the marathon, which is a 20 week commitment. Essentially, if you're really training you're doing 20 weeks of every day training, running, staying on course, doing all these things. So, and when you're just running the marathon, <clears throat> not just running the marathon, but when you're running for yourself, great, but you don't, you don't have the full-time job of raising money. Yep. You don't have the full-time job on top of the full-time job and also training. And also, you know, so it's, a, yeah. it, it doesn't, they're both equally great. One just does it for one thing and one does it for another
0: thing. Did we just identify the decline in quality of parenting over generation in that parenting is largely a volunteer effort? There is no monetary payback. There's very little ego payback. It's just a matter of I'm helping this. I'm helping my kid as much as I can.
1: Well, if you have healthy parents.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's what I mean. (laughs) If you have a healthy
1: parent, yes. So and. Am
0: I being unfair to saying the quality of parenting has declined over
1: no, I think decades
0: I think, is that fair to say? I, I think um, because it becomes generational, one generation doesn't get raised well, and they don't have the skill set to, to well, raise I, the next yes, generation. Yes,
1: I mean. I'm, I'm trying to think of those are the words that I would use Yeah, right. I'm, I'm, because I'm just because I'm flinching
0: at the words. Too, I know. Yeah. So
1: I'm not sure if I would quite use those words because, you know, parents do the best that they can do. They go with what they know, yeah. you know, and I, and I often will tell clients that are struggling with their parents, right. That, you know. Your parents, you know, often will lack the capacity that you need from them. You know, we don't always have the parents that we need. We have parents, but they don't necessarily meet our needs. And so therefore, is that because they have declined over an intergenerational familial path? or is that because they just lack capacity because of just, you know, what they know, how they were raised? Yes, but it's just who they are and what we need as people as a kid, as whatever we don't get because we're getting what they got. And in that way, yes. So there could be a deterioration in the passing along, which you, you know, I was, when I was growing up, it was always like, I'm going to do, I always heard, I'm going to do better for you than my parents did for me. And you still hear that, but I don't see that. I don't see the I don't see that translate over because all that
0: payback you just talked about in terms of, I, I had that with my kids. that was, right. They were everything to me. And it's like, I just want to do well for them and I just enjoyed them succeeding, you know, and it was just, it, and, and it's I think no great quality of mine. It's just the way I was just the way it happened. For and
1: me. I think that that's, so that's, you know, that, that would be considered part of the authoritative, healthy, secure parenting, the good style of parenting. Um, A lot of people miss that. A lot of people don't get that. A vast majority of people do not fall under that rubric of parenting style and acceptance and love and genuine, um, authentic, unconditional space. It just isn't there. If it was, I wouldn't have a job, actually. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, seriously, because it's just, I mean, there's three other styles of parenting. It's authoritarian, permissive, indulgent, and and then there's disorganized that they've added in recently. But that's just... (laughs)
0: parents are more stressed now there isn't a the stay-at-home mom so it, it, things become difficult sometimes and that kind right. of uh, that kind of effort gets diffused a little bit more i mean again households and parents are under more stress than they've ever been
1: yeah and well, well
0: I, I wouldn't say that either but
1: well i wouldn't say that i wouldn't say that it's more than they've ever been i just think it's changed based on yeah. you know Trends change and things change, but I think that there's been stressed generations. I think my generation of parents My parents I think there was stress there Go, you know 70s sure. and 80s for sure yeah. um, You know in the 70s and 80s growing up depression for, certainly uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean so I think it's really not Worse. I just think it's just it transitions and trends towards those things I think it's always going to be there because you have these patterns, but I think oh you throw in a pandemic and I think uh, you know we can put a lot on the pandemic and not use it as an excuse, but use it as a way to say, "Hey, these things have changed. A lot of, you know, it changed people's way of interacting with each other. It changed people's way of eating. It changed people's way of exercising. It changed people's spirituality. It changed growth rate in babies. It changed. I mean, there's so many things yeah. that just because we had a, a halt, an all stop, um, you see." rise in drug and alcohol use, rise in certain crimes, right? Yep. Um, rise in dissatisfaction, higher suicide rates, um, higher obesity rate that went up. Like it's just, yeah. you know, so you would expect that parenting change because that was one of the biggest concerns when the pandemic happened and everyone said, okay, all, everybody stay home. Now you've got kids who've been in abusive homes, the only outlet was to leave and go to school and go to their sport every day and now they're stuck at home in abusive homes. How do you think that's playing out? I can tell you stories, right? So um, I think that to your point, I I think yes, but also I think it's just a trend because of stuff that's just in the world socially happening and it it makes it um, very difficult for for people. There
0: are more divorced couples now. That's something that's changed over the years. And I think (laughs) it has come spiral that you create teenagers that are tougher and tougher as we go along because the whole teenage parent relationship has changed certainly from when I was brought up. Sure. Probably when you were brought up too. Yes. Because of the front end of that parenting and and everything that's that's pressing against what I
1: see a lot across the board in my office is a lot of friendships, like kids, in parents being friends yep. and there becomes a uh, huge, even little, like little kids, like, yep. you know, the parents are talking to them very adult-like and being like friends with them. There's nothing wrong. You know, I always say old parents, you can be friends with your kids, but you have to be a parent first. And so you, you, lo- the parents have a lot, they, they lose respect. They lose the ability to get the respect, which would be um, paying attention to like the social norms, paying attention to doing yep. things that are, Right versus wrong, having good ethical and moral standards, um, the, a whole bunch of different pieces that go into that, and I think that it's because of the friendship attitude. I'd rather be your friend and be like than have you be mad at me. Yeah, um, there's less so, tolerance for that. And so the discipline, yeah. so the discipline and the parenting, which doesn't mean punishing and being punitive, it means just being authoritative, which is rewarding when it's there, there appropriately and giving a consequence, not punishing to to like death. It's just like you you. You didn't put your best foot forward at school and you spent tons of time playing Xbox. So you lost the Xbox for the next three weeks and you're not going out for the next week because you need to do the homework. That's appropriate. Not, Mm -hmm. not like the lashing and the, you know, the berating and the, you're no good and you're terrible and all that stuff, which unfortunately I see a lot of, and then they still want to be friends with the kid, you know, and then they forget. That's the other thing is that they, they give a punishment. That's horrific. Like you're grounded for life. (laughs) Give me your phone. And then, you know, and the kids like, when do I get my phone back? When do I get my phone back? And the phone like a week and two days later, the phone's back. So that kind of parenting, because the parents usually tell me, it's "like I just can't stand them at me all. The- they're at me all day. I'm like, turn them off. Yeah. You know, put the phone in your office at you at your actual office that you don't go into and leave it there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's lots of ways to do this, but I I think that so I think that that all those factors really set people up to become. For lack of a better term, in big quotes, quitters. You know, it's just like, ah, eh, so I don't have to put the effort in. I don't really care. It doesn't really matter.
0: So if kids, I'm don't gonna get away up,
1: with ha- being mediocre, shooting for the middle or less. I mean, that's good.
0: When kids don't grow up with an authoritative role mm. or a subjective role, in other words, you have to be part of this family. I'm the parent you kind of have to subject to a little bit. Right. They're not prepared for a work environment, which is dealing with a boss and dealing with expectations Uh and dealing with consequences, which is the thing that's missing. Right. In parenting for the most part nowadays.
1: Uh, Yes.
0: Consequent teaching consequences. Like
1: how dare they ask me to pick up that table. I mean, I
0: didn't get paid because I left an hour early. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. I or. yeah. Oh, no, I have so many yeah (laughs) i have so
0: many they did it right through my head punishment is always tricky and what i always tell people and again being an amateur i always tell people is never punish them just let make them accept the consequence
1: right well
0: i'm not doing this to you you kind of did it to you this is the result of your actions
1: well right and i think and and that's a skill that i emphasize with parents all the time is like we're not punishing it's punishment is is really different than a consequence it's explaining that you realize that your child or even an adult, I mean, I do this with people in addiction all the time because people, let's take, let's take the heat off of parents and kids for a second and go to like someone that's an adult that has an addiction issue. I'll hear them, someone that's in addiction or trying to be sober saying things like, well, they didn't do this for me. They didn't give me money. They didn't, no, the consequence of your choices led you to this. You are out of the house and you're not getting money and you're not being spoken to, not because they're being mean and terrible and awful. It's a consequence of behaviors. You chose to steal from them or set their house on fire or (sighs) doing terrible things because you, yes, you might've been drunk and high and whatever, but the problem is, is that it caused a very big impact on these people and they don't want you around until you're not like that. And that's a consequence of your behavior, not a consequence because they're punishing you.
0: Making amends, right? Right. It's, it's accepting your part in right. the problem.
1: And and there, so that goes to the other piece of sort of like quitting. I mean, as a theme is like accountability and responsibility. You know, when someone starts you on a sport, I do this with my kids in my practice all the time. They start you in a sport unless I always tell parents if unless someone's abusing the kid, which can happen or or there's something really bad going on on the team and you've signed up for a 10 week or a 12 week session and the kid hates it you finish them out because it gives them resiliency to finish something out you don't just quit in the middle because i don't like it or you know it's in the middle of my school it's in the middle of my um my tv time at four o'clock and i don't want to go do soccer right now yeah I mean, well, I'm sorry, but oh,
0: my coach is being mean to me.
1: Right. Or my coach isn't playing me because yeah. they're the father of the of the girl that's being played all the time. Well, guess what? Yeah. That's that's like life. That's business. You have to know how to do that life and you don't just quit because it's not fair. Yeah. That's And I'm sure you you've heard. And this isn't new. It's like, well, it's unfair. Yeah, it's unfair. Well, cliche. Life is unfair, yeah. but it's how you how do you then rally around it to, you know, not quit? And so, and you know, because quitting just—I mean—and that—and that's well, where—that's
0: fine. But do you want gas to go somewhere? Do you want, you know?
1: Right. And I well, do, and, yeah. and so the problem with that is, is that you have the same parents that are helping along, or the same dynamic that's happening in these family systems. I won't put it on parents, but the dynamic between all the people, that then it turns into. Well, the kid who needs the gas, who's quit, has has taught the parents how to treat them, which is I quit and I will beat you down and you'll still give me money so I won't have to work. Yep. I won't have to go to school. I won't have to do whatever because I know I'll torture you enough that I'll still get what I need. Yep. But that doesn't work in work life. And then they go into work life and then they get fired or they get chastised and then they complain and and get upset because someone's actually criticizing them for their poor work ethic.
0: Yeah. I don't get criticized. It's just not the way they were raised.
1: Right. 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 So, so it's, it's such a, um, insidious quit. So you think of quit. Okay. It's a word and you know, so basic, but it has so many things to it. It has so many pieces and parts and moving that, um, like a spider web i'm just like sitting there thinking about like all the little tentacles that go out and how much it impacts people in their lives like you know you you allow a kid to at five years old to start something and then just drop it that's if you that's a pattern that becomes their life pattern
0: well often parenting now is about protecting from consequence right you should be obviously protecting from the worst consequences but every once in a while you let them run into the bridge right right you just pick and choose your places where right. they have to deal with the consequence whether right. it's whether it's taking some extra classes because they didn't do well in this particular class or, right you know and sometimes it's like well if that's happening work that's that's work that's right. the way it is,
1: And that, and so that, I'm going to go back to the addiction piece again, because that's like the same thing. And like, you know, people don't like to have their loved ones go through the pain of the consequence of what they've chosen, you know, that, well, I don't want to send them out on the street without any money. Cause what if they die? Right. But you giving them money might get yep. them there too. So, and a, a lot of times parents won't think that way or people in their lives. We don't, I'm trying to take heat off the parents. It, sure. People won't think that, that would happen. They think, well, if I give, or if I'm always acquiescent to this, and I always am giving in to it, then it, it protects them, the other person from the damage that they're doing to themselves. And I am now without guilt. And I mm-hmm. often bring up in that addict scenario, of, you'll feel really guilty if you're the one that gave them the $100 that they used to overdose on the heroin they got same thing so but people don't typically think about that or it's you know let's put it into like food products it's like if you keep bringing home snacks and you keep eating mcdonald's and you keep having pizza and you keep saying oh it's only a small once a week or and it's really every day but you don't count it right because it's just once one slice one burger one whatever you're slowly killing somebody (laughs) yourself or someone else
0: I keep going back to this story because I love it. It's so America about this woman suing McDonald's.
1: McDonald's for the for
0: putting toys in, right? Because she couldn't keep her six-year-olds from the Happy Meals, like,
1: right? Who's the parent?
0: Yeah, I mean, who? You got a driver there, right? Is she hitchhiking to get her Happy uh, Meals? What right. is she doing?
1: So it's so interesting, though, because yeah. I hear that. I mean, not the McDonald's, but I hear that kind of story from so many people about, well, you know, but they they're doing this, and I I can't stop them. Essentially, I'm like yeah. you, there's they're eight yeah I know. <laughs> they're 12 and I know you know or they're you know it's like wait wh- who is running the show here you know and and you know you get or i i had That's a, a good
0: basic question to ask in parenting situations who's, who's running the show
1: right who's, well you know it's who's like calling the
0: shots yeah. right
1: and 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 people and this goes back to that whole egalitarian like let's all be on the same level which is There's something to be said for having collaboration because authoritative parenting is collaboration with your kid at the age appropriate level that they're at. So a 13 year old does have some say, but at the end of the day I always say, you always pick parents, you always pick two choices that end in your favor. So the kid always gets two choices so that they have empowerment at their age that they're at, that I have two choices, but they're going to end in the parent's favor but also give something to the kid that they want in some way. So, and parents are like, Oh, I, because it's either all or nothing.
0: Yep.
1: You know, it's because I said, so that's the worst excuse. Cause I said, so well, now you've lost them.
0: I get in trouble for this a lot, but I often describe oh. it as like owning a dog. It's like the dog doesn't want to be the alpha. The right. teenager doesn't want to be the alpha. They want it. They want some leadership. They want some, they want to be contained a little bit. I mean, you do it in a way that allows them to grow their empowerment and, and, increasingly stand on their own but they don't want to be they don't want to run the show
1: but they can't so you can't have a teenager actually in that position if you haven't set them up early enough in life because you can by the time you get to a teenager that's that's defiant and and yeah defiant we'll just use the word defiant if that's because it's what you always say it's like you can't fix
0: can't fix 16 year old 16 problems year old, at 16. Right. You, you can do it at eight. eight yeah. Yeah,
1: Six. And, and so it started yep. way back. Yeah. And, and that could be a teacher problem. It could be a combo pack of parenting, teacher coach. It could be all kinds of things that environmentally made this happen. And by the time someone's 16. Yep. You know, like too late, you know, or 18, forget it. People like, well, can they change? them? like, I look at people. And I'm like, good luck.
0: Yeah.
1: 18 is not the time. To, you know, unless a person wants to change now developmentally, they're ready for whatever they want to do, not the suggestions of there's other five possibilities to do something else. It's easier to just be like, ah, quit or there's something better coming along or whatever it is. So, you know, it comes back to the quitting concept of, Mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, does a person have resiliency to stick something out because they find the value and benefit that they're getting from the experience, you know, um, volunteering, the job, the first job, the first or second job. It's it's menial labor. It's beneath I hear that a lot. It's beneath me. Sixteen years old. Yeah it's beneath me. Beneath me. (laughs) I have so many things in my head. You know, it's like it's beneath you, huh? Well you could be shoveling. That's beneath you. You could, you know, like you want to go do construction. That's not beneath you, it's just beneath you by shoveling. You know, but it's just because the attitude is such that psychologically it's, I, I deserve more. And it's because the entitlement's there. Yep. I deserve more. I shouldn't have to do, I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have to do anything unless you pay me.
0: I'll get my gas money and my, Mm
1: -hmm. my
0: money each week. I don't need to do this. Why am I doing this?
1: Right. Exactly. So, well, to bring it back to the fact of like quitting for me so that I bring it full circle is that there is no quit. So, so, I do have the concern of my foot, for instance, like it wouldn't be a quit if I stop, you know, my, I told you, my nephew said, <clears throat> you can't stop and quit in the middle of the Boston marathon. Yeah. No pressure. You know, so <laughs> I'm like, um, you know, if my foot's blown up and I can't walk on it, uh, I might have to, but you know, but that's the one place where I've said, I, you know, any other marathon and there's a problem I would stop. But
0: well, there's a difference it's more between... likely that
1: the Boston marathon, I will drag myself to the flo- across the floor to the finish line, even if my foot's falling off.
0: But you won't quit, it'll no. be you're stuck. Well, that's you suffer an injury that you can't continue. Right. Or it's not gonna right. be a just oh I give up, I can't, I right. don't wanna do this anymore. Exactly. So yes, I can't. Right. Yeah. Right. Joe Theismann didn't quit playing football, right. leg snapped.
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And and I think that that's a big psychological piece that people, when they're not in the position and they're the Monday morning quarterbackers and the, the sideliners that are, you know, maybe doing the sport or they're doing the job or whatever, but they just don't know what it is to walk in your shoes. Literally. Yeah. They don't know. So, but I'm not saying that I'm not saying that I'm quitting. <laughs> I'm just saying that I'm doing everything so that I don't have to stop Yeah. Um, and and not finish, but you know, because there is that three, two weeks ago, as you know, I was like, oh, I may not be running at all. Because yeah. why start it if I'm going to stop it?
0: Well, see, that goes back to the problem with quitting for those of us who don't like to quit is that the the problem with quitting is forever. Right. The injury you suffer, you've, you've run. Yep. Right. And you yep. get injured and you've hurt for a while, but that goes away. Yes. But the quitting never goes away.
1: Right. Well, that's so there's there's a big thing about like the Boston Marathon, which is like a huge part of my mental motto anyway, is that the pain now is totally OK because the pain of quitting
0: never goes. Away. Never goes away.
1: Will, uh, the heart pain of not finishing would be greater than my getting a fracture in my foot because, you know, I've run on
0: the
1: yeah. uh, you know, I've run the Boston Marathon twice in a broken shin. Yeah. Plus
0: and you will focus on that as opposed to the eight you completed. Yeah. You'll focus on the one you quit.
1: But I didn't focus I didn't quit.
0: No, I know, but I mean that this part of the thing that drives you to not quit. Well
1: so exactly. And well and the thing is is that
0: because we were talking about recognizing the value in certain accomplishments, but there's also detriment to quitting.
1: Right. Well, it would break my streak because it would make me not be have nine and I'm trying to get ten in a row at least. That doesn't mean I'm stopping at ten, but I have to get ten. So this yeah. is nine, right? So there's the motivation. It's like I have to get nine, and I don't care like if I have to crawl, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, stopped is okay. Quitting isn't.
1: I know. So you know, three weeks from now, everybody pray. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so so anyway, so we focus a lot on like all the different aspects and so the negatives and all that stuff about quitting. But <clears throat> what can people do about it? you know, well, as an individual person, you know, you have to take personal awareness and stock of like how you act in the world. What is your style? Are you more of a person who's a go-getter, motivated, no give up, mental, you know, do you have mental acuity, mental resiliency? Are you mentally tough? I mean, you know, you are, I am. We know many people that are, but we also know many people that aren't. And if you're one of those people that aren't, you know, you have to find, do you want to, do you want something better for yourself? Do you believe that there can be something better? So you have to do a self-awareness kind of overhaul check on yourself. And, and people do that all the time in my office and still come up with, it's not worth their effort if they're not getting a bigger payout. So, you know, you have to start with awareness first of like, where are you in the temperament of this is, you know, where's your mental toughness? And, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that's a, it's a big piece, you know, it's always, um, I guess I'll get closer to ending on the fact that people say I could never run a marathon. I say, yes, you can People are like, Oh, I can't even run. I can't even drive. I've heard this a lot. Can't even drive 26 miles. <laughs> I'm like, well, yes you can, you know, but it goes back to the fact that so 10 years ago, the Boston marathon, I was at it, the bombing and I was 85 feet off the first bomb and I had never run a marathon. Right. So part of my story At that point, I I had run halves, I'd run, and I always started out with five k's and said I'd never run a ten k. Yeah. And then I went to a ten k and said I'd never run a half. (laughs) And then I went to a half and I said I'm never running a full. And then my loving, wonderful friend Heather Olivieri, God rest her soul, she passed away from cancer a couple years ago. Um, she, I say, she forced me (laughs) to go and do the Disney marathon, and and. It no,
0: began, with
1: the balloon women. With the balloon ladies. I <laughs> didn't get ladies. pulled. I yeah. finished. But that's how it started. But the year of the Boston Marathon bombing, I was like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a marathon. And in between is when that started. And then, it, so, although this will be my ninth and it's the 10th year, I short the year of this, but this is the 10th anniversary of the marathon bombing. So, Um, It's a big year for that. And it's also um, another reason why in the back of my mind, it's like, I have a purpose because I was there. And so I have a reason to finish. So it's all these things that you find internally of like why it's important, why it has value. It has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with other people. It has everything to do with, there's nothing better than coming down that finish line. And I always pay respects to the spot where I was standing and where, um, Martin Richard lost his life. And, um, the other lovely people that were there got injured and just that whole solemn experience and people that, you know, don't have that experience may not understand that that's a reason not to quit.
0: So, and this is a baby steps type of situation. Oh, isn't yeah. Hopefully you're raised into this type of mindset, yes. but in the meantime, you don't necessarily have to do the Boston Marathon as no. a standard, just find places where you are tempted to let go and, and, not continue and just see it through.
1: Well, it's just yeah. I mean, as basic as making it to school every day, making it to work every day, show, showing up. Yeah, that they, just there, showing up, yep. being present in your day, and that's a great start for people, you know. Um, and people are probably like, "Why would that even be a topic?" Because for people that are listening, probably isn't them, but from so many people out in the world, just showing up is really hard.
0: In these, I don't know how you feel about these things, but even the small steps of like those chains at Dunkin' Donuts where you pay for the person behind you. Yeah. Feeling that kind of, there's a little bit of a juice from that. Of course. That you get help and, somebody out. And
1: doing that and I, it happens to me now more often than not when I'm going up through the tolls up to New Hampshire, people in front of me will pay for it. And, I, and then really? I immediately will pay, I'll just pay it to the yeah. next person. Yeah. I'll, I, I swear it happens nine times out of 10 now it used to happen once every couple of years it happens all the time i mean i'm up and down all the time but that's what happens they pay it forward it's nice so but they always pay it i'm like oh just pay for the next person behind those
0: small you understanding the rewards and feeling those rewards you start to understand what it's all about
1: exactly yeah and it's and it's a way better payoff than sitting around moping and being pity party of like how i don't get paid enough Just saying.
0: Well, see, that's part of it, too. The mindset that you want to live in. What's the mindset that you want to live in? I mean, everybody's got adversity. Everyone's got people, problems. Everyone's got shortages. It's just, are you going but people to... people
1: will live the way yeah. that they know. Yeah. So if the default is... Wallowing it? Yep. Yeah. I call it in the office, sitting in your shit. Yeah. If you want to sit in your shit and you've been taught to sit in your shit, that's where you're going to be. And if you don't know you're doing that or you don't acknowledge that you're doing that, and I point it out to you or someone points it out to you and you still don't acknowledge it, it's a very big struggle. Yeah. It's a harder life. Life is hard anyway. And the path, whether you choose a path that ends great, or you choose a path that ends poorly, they're both going to be hard. But a lot of people like to work the one that's really, really hard. <laughs> the, <laughs> that ends that ends poorly in some way, right? Or does, not in their favor, but in the best way. So not
0: absolving, taking your hands off the wheel, right? not my responsibility. Right. Just Crash. happening to me.
1: Yeah, exactly. And there's and I think that's a large portion of what we talk about today is that people get into the life happens to me. I have no control over anything. Mm, Not true. So um, I'm
0: here to tell you, once you figure out you have more control, everything's better. Once you understand you have more control over your outcomes than you think you do.
1: I'm going to remind you of that off air. Yeah, I know. (laughs) just saying. Well, there's mindset the, and there's
0: just the talking. We get, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, there we go.
1: So you're good at giving the advice, but oh, obviously. I'm going to give you the big, you know,
0: isn't everybody the, um, much better giving advice and following their own advice.
1: Yep. Well, it depends. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> so um, anyway, so next week we will be discussing, I'm not sure yet what, but we will be discussing, I'm actually getting ready to have a really great person come on soon. So I won't disclose who it is yet, but um, you guys have a fantastic week and I will see you next week and go out there and do something awesome and fun and don't quit.